People don't know what it is to be champions. Oklahoma invented it. This is the Under the Visor podcast. From the OU Insider Studios, here's your host, Brandon Drum. It feels good to be back. I gotta tell you, uh, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've done one of these OU Insider Under the Visor podcast, but uh, you guys have asked for it. I've seen your comments. I've seen you say stuff on Twitter. I've seen you say stuff on Facebook. I've seen you say stuff on the comments on the iTunes, uh, OU Insider, Young and Drum, uh, the page there, the 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 spot that you go to and you listen to all these podcasts, you've commented, you've said things, and now I'm back here. Uh, Going to do it solo dolo here for a bit while we get some technical things worked out. And, uh, I mean, I'll be on with Colin Kennedy some. I'll be on with uh, RJ some. But I'm going to start doing this a little bit more often uh, because you guys have asked for it. And... You are the reader. You are the person subscribing to this podcast. You are the person who is a member of OUinsider.com, and that's what you're going to get. So we do have a big show for you today because guess what? If I'm going to come back, I'm going to come back in a big way, right? And that's exactly what we're going to do. We have five-star, number one overall quarterback in the 2021 class, Fifth overall ranked player in the 2021 class, according to 247 Composite Score, Caleb Williams coming on here today. He's going to talk about his uh, narrowed down list that he dropped today. Uh, He did it on his SI uh, blog that he does every week. Uh, And we're going to discuss those top two schools. Uh, Obviously, Oklahoma is one of those. We'll discuss all of that. Uh, and more. Uh, I'm actually recording this before I know which ones it is. So I do know OU's one, and that's why he did agree to come on here. So um, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm assuming LSU is the other one, um, and it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a, a fun race to the finish there. Uh, I would lean Oklahoma and I'm not leaning, it's not a homer pick. I mean, there's 100% crystal balls in for Oklahoma. And what I know, it does feel like it is Oklahoma. But they're still listening and talking to LSU. And as long as they talk to LSU, as long as they're listening, there's things that could happen. And I always warn people that, like, hey, I feel pretty good about where Oklahoma stands. But there's always that but. And in recruiting, there is always a but, and I'm not talking about that big booty. I'm talking about a but, that, that conjunction that you hate to see. That, oh my God, I can't believe he's going to say but, because you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear it. You want to hear how great everything's going to be, all of that. I know. I get it. I get it. But 
uh, I do feel like it's going to be pretty good, and we're going to discuss that. We're going to talk to him, and after that interview, we'll dive a little bit into what he had to say. Uh, obviously, I'm going to have some notes from this conversation on OUinsider.com, the VIP board, and there'll be some you know, other stuff on there as well, talking Caleb Williams, just because that's what we do. We talk Caleb Williams on OUinsider.com quite a bit. People get tired of it. The OU fans don't. <laughs> the OU fans don't. But the other fan bases do that come and peruse our board because they don't, I mean, if they're in on Caleb Williams or we're in on Caleb Williams, it's a, it can be a sore subject, and I get it. I've seen OU fans gripe about other boards talking about other players, and, hey, you know what? Caleb Williams drives traffic. He does. He is a big brand already before he's ever touched college football field. He is a lot like Spencer Rattler was before he got to Oklahoma, except for Spencer was committed to Oklahoma. You see, there's a big difference. Caleb is drawing in a bigger mass because of what he, how long he's drawn this out. Now, it is going to end here this summer, most likely, and when it does, it's going to be it's going to be one of those announcements that everybody will remember, I'm pretty sure, for quite a long time. It doesn't matter whether you're OU, LSU, whether you're Maryland, maybe, hey, you know what, there could be a top three. I was told that there's a potential that it could be a top three, leaning towards the top two. So we'll see how all this plays out. Obviously, this is going to be released afterwards, so we're, you're already going to know whether it was LSU, OU, Maryland, or whether it was OU, LSU, and that was it. But this is this is going to be one of those deals where <clears throat> it's going to be fun to see how all this plays out. So we're going to dive into that. We're also going to dive in what a commitment from Caleb Williams would mean to Oklahoma. Because I have some pretty good sources that tell me that it would mean a whole hell of a lot. And when I say a whole hell of a lot, I mean a whole hell of a lot. So just remember that. We'll get into that a little bit further, and I'll explain all that after we talk to Caleb, okay? And then we're going to talk about the potential of what three-star uh, linebacker Danny Stutzman, what his commitment could potentially mean for OU. Uh, he is set to announce sometime this week. Uh, maybe it's happened while this podcast, or before, after this podcast has dropped, Uh Maybe he has committed to Oklahoma. I think it's Oklahoma right now, and I think Oklahoma has evaluated themselves into a fantastic player. I think his length, his speed, uh, his just instincts, his side to side, the way he hits—it's uh, a different. It's he's different. Danny Stutzman's different. He's also a really smart kid. Uh, talked to him last week for quite a long time. He's a good kid, smart kid. Um, we'll get into that. We'll get into how his virtual visit played into some of the decisions going forward. Uh, we'll get into all that. <clears throat> We're also going to get into, oh, just, you know, a little story that caused a little bit of, you know, hysteria on Twitter this past weekend when I said I had some depth chart changing news that I brought to OUinsider.com. Uh, and we're talking about uh, none other than uh, Justin Harrington the four-star junior college defensive back that committed to Oklahoma, who is 6'3", 220 pounds. And let me tell you, he tells me he runs a – he was clocked in in February at a 4.33 and a 4.35. His dad is a former Olympian. He, he was the race away 
from qualifying for the Olympics in 1996 in Atlanta, and he tripped on the first hurdle uh, and never could gain ground. I think he finished like fourth or fifth. I can't remember. Uh, but he says, Caleb, or Justin says that he watches that video over and over as motivation because he wants to make it for his father, which I think is really, really cool. He wants to do things and make it to the level of talking NFL, that top-tier level that his father just missed. And it's all because he wants to do what his father couldn't and just missed out on. And I think that's really cool. He says he feels like he owes it to him, how much money, how much time his dad has spent into helping him craft and get better at what he does in the defensive backfield. Uh, And so he says he's going to be a cornerback, and he says he can run a 4-4 laser easy at 220 pounds. 63220. <laughs> That's they we're talking Isaiah Simmons type speed, Isaiah Simmons type player for OU defense if that happens. I wouldn't be shocked to see him move around a little bit more, maybe in packages where he is on the outside corner. Maybe he's lined up over the nickel. If there's a big tight end, maybe they put, you know, they, they just move a lot of guys around. We're gonna discuss all that later on. But first, without further ado, we're gonna get to Caleb Williams and his top schools, and he's gonna break all that down for us right here on the Under Under the Visor podcast brought to you by OUinsider.com and 247 Sports. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, right now I have Caleb Williams, the number one overall player, number one overall quarterback in the 2021 class, five-star, and number five overall player in the 247 Sports Composite Rankings. With me right now, he's going to talk about his top schools. Uh, Caleb? Let's go, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Um, so let's let's just kind of get into it. Um, yeah. Who are your top schools? My top schools: uh, Maryland, LSU, Oklahoma. Okay. So when you say your top schools are Maryland, LSU, and Oklahoma, what? You say your top schools are Maryland, LSU, Oklahoma. Kind of talk to us about, you know, why those are your top schools. <coughs> so, um, LSU, I've not been there a few times. I only went there for like four days. Um, it, was, it was, I had an awesome time, um, awesome visit. Uh, I met a bunch of players, uh, a few legends. Um, uh, I, I just truly enjoyed myself um, being there with Coach Elliott. I, I sat in a meeting with Coach Elliott and he just makes you feel like, you know, like I said last time in my my blog, um, that, that he just makes you feel like energized and makes you want to run through a brick wall. And having that, having that as a coach, um, you know, that's, that's 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 pretty awesome to have there as a coach. Um, just knowing that he's he's going to bring the energy every time, all day. Um, you you always need that. You, you don't always need that. You, you know, you sometimes need that um, to help you and get through your day and things like that. So um, those are a few reasons. And then the LSU fans are are, are insane. Um, I went to a game there at Texas A&M and they beat them by I'm pretty sure 50. 
and uh, not many people left, um, except for the Texas A&M fans. And uh, they were they were loud the whole game, whole game. Um, so having fans like that, support team like that, um, you know, it's they deserve to be in the top top uh, couple schools for me. And um, Maryland, it's home team. Um, the the fans love me. Coach Lockley loves me. Coach Coach Scotty loves me. Um, and and you know, it's home team. I know a bunch of the players that are committed there. I've known for a while now. Um, so I, I played with a few actually. So uh, I, I just I felt like like that was, I know what those players are, uh, who they are, and, and and how they play and things like that, and how good they are. Um, so I just felt like that was that was the best. That was one of the best schools that that could for me that I definitely thought should be in the top schools, top couple schools. And Oklahoma, um, and I've been to a game there. I've been there a few times, and I, I mean, Coach Riley, he's a he's an offensive mastermind. You just look at what he's been able to do uh, with these past couple guys, from from Jalen Hurts being undrafted, supposedly to, to, to I think second round um, to the Eagles. Uh, that's, that's 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 pretty insane. Um, and then and then obviously you know the, the other two guys, Baker and Baker and uh, Kyler. What he what he was able to do with those guys in one or two years is, is absolutely insane. Um, making them Heisman's, um, making them making them you know first round draft picks. Not making them, but but helping them get to first round draft picks. Um, and you know my my goal is to win a Heisman and, and win uh, win a Heisman, win win big, and um, you know hopefully become the first round draft pick whenever I go out. So whenever you, you 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 say all that, uh, kind of tell us how this whole process has gone for you. You've had a kind of a list and a thing of how you wanted to go about this this whole yep. time, um, yep. and you've kept to it. Uh, kind of yep. describe that to everybody. Um, I mean, this is my recruiting process. Uh, I'm grateful for all the colleges and stuff, but this is my recruiting process. My dad always tells me this is this is the one time that you get to choose a place, um, and that that you get to have control over things because um, you know in the NFL your your contract or you getting drafted that the coach or the the team controls that and you uh, the GM and the head coach controls that and um, the, the 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 second contract is you know how you play and things like that and you can't control that um, so. This is the time that I get to choose, and this is a big, big moment in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and and me being able to do this and choose where I want to go and bring the guys that want that I want to bring with me. Um, like these are the best places. But the recruiting process has been has been crazy. I've been recruited since um, early freshman year, so um, I've I've been I've been through this and been going through this for the past um, couple years. So yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very excited to cut it down. I'm very happy that I'm able to, you know, get it down to the top three. Um, and and um, going to be excited soon enough to commit to somewhere. So I know you kind of have it planned out for this summer. Um, yeah. Is that still kind of in your mind, like around the July, August, like you were talking about originally? Yeah, um, around July, August, um, that's always been – my original plan ever since you know I got my first offer has been that's been the plan. Um, but if I if I you know if I can't get to these colleges and things like that, um, then I would have to you know reconsider if 
I want to keep it there or if I want to or keep the keep the mm-hmm. um, the commitment date in the summer or if I want to change it to another time to where I can get to these other places. Right. Other, so other places out of town. So these virtual visits. Yep. You know, I, I talked to your dad the other day and he he gave me the analogy like uh, what was it? Something about marriage like would you would you do it sight unseen? Would you marry somebody sight unseen? And it, we were talking about like doing the officials and stuff like that. You've gone to unofficials, but not experiencing yeah. the officials the way that you would like to experience it. Does that is that playing a part with you at all? Um, no, not really, because like you said, um, you know, I've been to officials or unofficials. I mean, they were basically officials. I had to pay for everything. We couldn't go um, off campus really, but. Um, I, I, it was basically official, except for them not being able to pay and whatever their whatever their rules are um, towards that. So that that doesn't really play, that doesn't really play a part. Um, if I commit to a place, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go take that one official and um, enjoy myself because um, they're not gonna be trying to recruit me. Really, uh, I'm gonna try right. to help recruit um, on that on that official and wherever I, I go, you. they're gonna try, they're gonna try and bring those guys, uh, the best guys that. The best guys that are committed and things like that um, on my officials, um, and hopefully, hopefully, if I'm committed to a place, and um, I can help get those guys to come with me. Yeah, there's a there's a rumor around that you've been uh, doing some pretty good. Like, hey, you know, you have never said like where you want to go with these guys, but. You yeah. kind of talk to these guys, say, "Hey, if, when I choose a school, like, you know, let's ride together." Type deal. Um, yeah. y- you have some pretty big names that you've brought up. Um, yeah. How 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 is that going? Like, where did you learn to do this recruiting thing? Uh, like, how did you how did it manifest itself to where you're like, you know what, I'm going to be the leader of a class that I've not even committed to yet. Like, how did that come uh, about? I don't. I just can't stand losing. And if I can have the best players with me with the best character, right? Then uh, I really, I really believe that we can go win. So uh, I, I, that that drove that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, me wanting to win, that drove. That definitely drove the fact of me trying to get the best players to come with me. Um, and I mean, why not have the best players with you? <laughs> <laughs> why not? It's all about uh, that ring, huh? All about that ring and the championship. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So you, you talked about your relationship with Coach O uh, quite a bit and how he was, and you talked about Loxley. Since this is kind of a OU Insider 247 yep. sports, uh, kind of dive into how close you've gotten with Coach Riley because you've talked about, you know, breaking down film with him once, twice a week. Uh, and and how much has that played into your recruitment? Like, I guess is a, is there a trust level that you know takes it to another? I guess makes it different than other places in your mind. Um, I mean, I trust Coach Ryan. I mean, just in the fact that you know he told. So as everybody knows, Brock Brock Vandergrift. Brock, I just gotta say his last Vandergriff, name. Vandergrift. Yeah. Yeah, Vandergrift. He was committed to OU, mm-hmm. and Coach Riley told me simple. He said, "You know, that's my guy. I committed him, and I, I trust his commit." And he said he wasn't going to be recruiting me and things like that. He did, and he didn't. Um, 
you know, o- OU was always a, you know, it was always a place that I liked. Um, but he, he told me that he wasn't going to be committing me, or, or not committing, uh, really recruiting me because that was his guy that he committed, and you know, he sticks to that. Um, and and then when Brock Brock decommitted, he said he was going to be on me hard. He's done. He, I mean, everything he said, he's done. Um, so I just, I, I, I mean, I trust him off of that. Right. Um, as you know, now in college, people people recruit. Um, even if you get a commitment, they'll still recruit. So, um, I, I, I mean, I trust him over that. And then me talking to him so much and uh, communicating communicating with him, I just think that our connection has been built off of that. Um, so, right. So, I, I, you said like he doesn't, he didn't recruit you. Uh, you still took a, uh, an unofficial to OU Texas Tech kind of. You know, you've always yeah, said I took, you. I took that. He he wasn't really recruiting me. Right. Um, I still had, like I still like talked to him, but he wasn't um, right. Like trying to get me to come to yeah. the OU. Really. Yeah, you've um, always said that. that. You've always said that you uh you didn't care about competition, and I I was just yeah. about to say that kind of proves your point. Like, hey, Vandergriff yeah. is committed. I'm still going to take that official because you still kind of showed interest there you know yeah. you know i mean can you kind of talk about your mindset there just a bit um i mean my mindset um i came in freshman year to high school with two juniors in front of me a mm-hmm. quarterback um so you know me me maturing getting older um and having that as a, as a 15 year old in my mind that um, I got two 17, 18-year-olds um, ahead of me um, right now. Is I think you know that 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 added a whole lot of confidence to it. Right. Um, all all the work I put in um, definitely added confidence. Um, so over these past few past few years, I've gained confidence in myself uh, more than I already had. And you know, me coming into to high school, um, it's totally different from 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 college. But me coming to high school with two juniors in front of me. Um, and I, I didn't really waver to that. So, right. um, me going to, me going to college and, and, you know, doing the same thing, competing is, you know, competing makes everybody better. So it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. So you don't, you, you don't care about who's in no, front of you when you show up, huh? Is that kind of what you're no. saying? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, that's, where I'm at. <laughs> that's pretty, that's, that's fair. I mean, you got to be confident at quarterback. Uh, I guess lastly, with all these schools, um, when you narrowed it down, you talked and said, you know, you've got those three schools. This is why I like them. Uh, just how hard is it going to be when you have to narrow it down to one? Oh, man. Narrowing it down from, from what I had was hard. Right. Uh, I get mad at myself for, for, for you know, having these schools. Because, uh, all these schools are so good and you know trying to find the, the smallest things which makes a school or uh, which which makes you like the school more mm-hmm. um the smallest things um uh, it, it, i mean it's hard already um being able to choose from these schools um some days i'm like dude i know where i'm going other days i'm like nope i'm going to other place some days i'm i'm like dad i don't i, I don't know where i'm going <laughs> That's, a, that's crazy. It's got to be tough. I mean, you got fans at you all the time. I'm sure. Does it does it yeah. wear on you? Like, is this process worn on you at all? Uh, no. Nah. Uh, 
you, 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 I you, enjoy it. Okay. I enjoy it. Uh, not many people, you know, get to have this opportunity. Right. Um, so I'm not going to make a, a negative out of it. I'm going to make it all positive and enjoy it. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. It's a good way to look yeah. at it. Well, man, um, you broke it down to three. Now it's Maryland, LSU, Oklahoma. And yep. from here on out, God bless, because you're going to have a bunch of fans from those three schools coming at you hard the second this thing goes yeah. public. So yep. um, it's going to be a fun ride. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure there are some fireworks left in a store in the future for whenever you uh, do make that whenever announcement. Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting, huh? Yeah, all these people, uh, all these people, um, you know, all the all the um, people that's going to be following me. It's going to be like a fireworks show. Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. All right, Caleb. Well, I appreciate you coming on with me, man. I really do. All right, that was uh, Caleb Williams, the number one overall quarterback in the 2021 class. Thanks a lot. Yep, no, thank you. All right. That was Caleb Williams, number one overall quarterback in the 2021 class, number five overall player in, uh, according to uh, 247 Sports Composite. That was a really cool interview. I think he went deep and he dove into everything that he wanted to. Um, he spoke and kind of not, I mean, he knows what he wants and that's what he's going to do. So from here on out, I think fans are going to realize, I, I, I know Maryland, this is just my opinion. I know Maryland's in it or they're in the top three, but I mean, I, I try to word this kindly. I don't know that they're there, there. Um, LSU, I would say, is there, uh, especially if they go down and take this official like they want to, to get to know the new uh, Sean Linehan, the uh, new OC down there, and how things are going to change and stuff like that down there. If they can prove that, things could be different with LSU. I truly believe that. But I also believe that when you get back to it, and if you can take an official to Oklahoma – and he can see Riley again in person because they Zoom together, talk together, break down film together. I mean, they do it once, twice a week. Those two are like two peas in a pod. And they're super close. That's why it's going to be super hard to beat OU in this. It is going to be hard for any school. But Maryland LSU, as long as they're on that list, they've got a shot. How much of a shot? I don't know. I really don't know. I I... I I don't know. I do know that from people I talk to that it seems like it is Oklahoma, but things can flip crazy in recruiting. And like he said, there could be fireworks. So we'll see if that's a literal firework or he has something in store for anybody, for everybody. So uh, we're going to we're going to hit this. uh we're going to talk about that a little bit further and what his commitment could mean to Oklahoma. Uh, but first, we're going to kind of take a little advertising break right here uh, on the OUinsider.com and 247 Sports Under the Visor podcast. All right, welcome back to the OU Insider and 247 Sports Under the Visor Sooners podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Drum, once again. 
Okay, so last segment we talked about and had on the number one overall quarterback in the 2021 class and five-star quarterback Caleb Williams. And he talked about his top three, which he just released on his SI blog earlier today. So I think that is going to be crucial for those three teams going forward. And I, I'm I'm not going to mince words if I was to say I don't think Maryland really is much of a thing here. And that's my opinion. I know maybe somebody has a differing opinion. Um, and maybe I end up being completely wrong. But from what I know, from stuff I hear, from the people I talk to, I think it's more of an homage to the state. It's more of an homage to, hey, you know what? Thank you for everything you've done for me. It's just, here, let me look at this realistically for everybody. And I'm going to put the, this is my words. This is my thoughts, okay? So I'm going to break down this Maryland in the top three, okay? Think about it. They were three and what, nine last year? And you're rebuilding. You have Caleb Williams coming in. They're going to spend the first, what, two, three, four years he's there continuing to rebuild? Because that when you go three and nine, unless you have already a bunch of four and five stars on campus, and I, I, let's go back to Oklahoma in 99, because I can equate it to this. So Oklahoma was five and six the year before they got Bob Stoops, okay? He brings in a really good recruiting class. The thing is, and this is a 99, he has a really good 1999 recruiting class, and he has a really good 2000 recruiting class. So he adds two recruiting classes already to what John Blake had on campus. And if anybody remembers John Blake, he was one hell of a recruiter. That dude had four and five stars on campus. They were missing a quarterback. They weren't missing an offensive line. They were missing a quarterback. Maryland, on the other hand, is missing an offensive line. They're missing wide receivers. They're missing defensive players. I mean, this, is, this isn't going to be an easy fix. Now, do I think Mike Loxley ends up doing it? Absolutely. I think they're going to end up being a fairly significant team in the, in the Big Ten going forward. I really do. I think they're going to be a good program. Now, do I think they're going to win nine, ten games every year? No. I think they're going to win seven, eight games a year. But it, when you're comparing that to LSU, who just won the national title uh, and had the number one overall quarterback and number one overall player picked in the NFL draft, and then you compare it to Oklahoma, who's been four out of the last five years to the playoffs. Granted, they lost, but – uh, they've competed uh, one year they didn't compete, and that was last year. So last year was the worst year. Uh, when you walk in with four or five starters out, you're handcuffed already. You're going to get your ass handed to you, and that's exactly what Oklahoma had done. If those players played, would they have won? Would have won? Nope. Nope. They don't win, but they don't lose the way they lost. They don't give up 42 points in the first half. That's just reality. Um, they they play better 
they probably lose by 21 points in the end. I mean, realistically, that's probably what happened, but it's a lot better looking game than what it was. Now, is that an excuse? No, that's reality. And that's facts. But you're comparing Maryland to Oklahoma, who for our last five years have been to the playoffs. Five straight years they've won their conference. And I people always want to say, well, it's the Big 12 conference. Anybody can go in and win the Big 12 conference. Okay, really. So tell that. Let, let, let's dive into those bowl seasons the past three or four years. Talk to me why they're, what, number one, number two every year in bowl record and or have the number one uh, points per game uh, given up and not in a bad way, in a good way, only averaging 19 points a game. So that non-defensive conference is shutting other teams down from other conferences. And could it be because the offenses are so good in the Big 12 that maybe, just maybe, they get roasted and they beat each other up during the season or they beat the defenses up. I mean, there's that that's a realistic argument. Now you could make other arguments against it, and I get that. But I'm just throwing that out there that it's not not a cut and dry. This is a crappy uh conference for defense. It's not great, but the SEC had what five, six teams in the top fifty in total defense last year. Big twelve had five as well. Just saying, just saying. So yeah, Oklahoma got handed to them last year. And they got handed to it by the other team that is in the top two or three for Caleb Williams. So, um, yeah, th- this is – it's going to be interesting because – and I want to finish this, this thought with comparing Maryland to LSU and Oklahoma. It's not a fair comparison. Now, mind you, he could be somebody that turns a program around but if you're Caleb Williams and say you go to Oklahoma and, and granted he has no intention of going to OU or Maryland and letting Miles Brennan be the starter when he gets there and continue to be the starter at LSU. He has no intention of going to uh, Oklahoma and uh, having Spencer Rattler continue to be the starter, even though both of those guys realistically probably just one season of them and they're off to the NFL more like I don't know about miles but I do believe that Spencer Rattler it would be one year Caleb would redshirt and then he would be a redshirt freshman and then redshirt sophomore year and then he would be off to the NFL so he would get two years under Riley and guess what Riley's done he's done exactly what is intriguing Caleb Williams to want to go to OU and that is, you don't have to be there for multiple years to get drafted high if you're coached by Lincoln Riley at quarterback. I mean, Jalen Hurts, undrafted, most likely goes to Oklahoma and is the second-round draft pick that nobody thought that was going to be real. Like, everybody was like, there's no way in hell that that's happening. And it did. It sure as hell did. And then you have Kyler Murray, who was drafted in the first round of Major League Baseball. Nobody thought, they thought, okay, this guy's going to go. He's going to play one year at Oklahoma. 
He's going to try to win a national title at quarterback, and then he's going to frolic off to the Oakland A's and have a really good baseball career as a five-tool guy as an outfielder, center fielder. Instead, he goes off and wins the Heisman and goes from, I don't know if NFL teams are going to take a risk on him, to, hey, he's going to play football and he's going to be the number one overall draft pick, making it back-to-back years for Oklahoma. That's significant. That's a recruiting tool that is really hard to compete with. And I know that Loxley had some sort of uh, – he had a little bit to do with Jalen Hurts' development, obviously, but the uptick in production from Lincoln, from Mike Loxley to Lincoln Riley is quite significant when you're talking about Jalen Hurts had 5,500 yards in three years at um, Alabama passing. And he goes to Oklahoma, and he has uh, almost 4,000. So 60 65% of the yards that he threw for at Alabama, he did in one year at Oklahoma. And then you're talking about he ran for 1,300 yards as well at Oklahoma when I think it was like 1,000, 1,100 yards was total. Uh, not total, but like what he usually did. It. So he ran for even 200 more yards at Oklahoma. I mean, that's a significant jump when you get 20 touchdowns. Uh, was it 38 touchdowns and 20 touchdowns? So I think it, like, I, I don't remember. I think, I know it was in the 50s. He had 50-something touchdowns. I'd have to look it up in, in the middle of this podcast. I don't think y'all want to sit here and listen to me. or <laughs> so the, Do a Google search real quick, but because I just kind of did this thought off the cuff here after talking uh, to Caleb Williams. I Look, this is just my thoughts. Just my thoughts. So I do believe Oklahoma is a leader. I do believe LSU has a legitimate shot um, to get in this thing if they can get some things to work in their favor. And with this COVID-19 deal, that may not come about. And that's something that stinks for LSU. But at the same time, they still have some pretty good uh, quarterbacks that are looking to commit to them or at least potentially commit to them uh, that are highly rated guys. So it's not like LSU is not going to be putting out top-notch quarterbacks regardless of if Kayla Wilson goes. You see, LSU has offered other quarterbacks. Maryland has all, has multiple offers of quarterbacks. Oklahoma, they they have Caleb Williams, and they're they're riding and dying with Caleb Williams. And if you ever see Oklahoma go out and offer like a Demetrius Davis, who's committed to Virginia Tech, um, if you ever see them go out and offer, uh, I'm trying to think of another top quarterback. Um, man, I, if you see them go out and offer another quarterback, period, um, as I record this at 12.35 in the morning, um, yeah, I, I would have to say that that would be cause for concern for Oklahoma fans if that was to happen. But, alas, that hasn't happened, and as long as that doesn't happen, you kind of uh, I, 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 okay. So I talked to Steve Wilfong like on the phone after I talked to Kay because he talked to uh, his father and he's going to have a report on all of this for two four seven on the free side. And I'm 
I'm going to have VIP notes for stuff that I have up and what I know that's going on behind the scenes and stuff. So um, it, it's a VIP. It's it's just how we do it at 247, and Steve is the best of the best of the best of the best. I mean, this dude, if he he's going to know where somebody's going to go wrong before it happens. And I said, you know, where do you think it is? And I said, do you think it's still Oklahoma after talking to the people? And he goes, of course. I, I, but he would switch his crystal ball if he didn't. <laughs> I mean, he was like, dude, I haven't switched my crystal ball. Like, I don't know why you would even ask that question. I was like, that's fair. That's fair. So, I mean, that that's kind of where it's at. I mean, is it a done deal local? No. Anything can happen. It's recruiting. I try to tell people that all the time. They're like, well, you said that you put a crystal ball. Of course I did. On this day, I thought Oklahoma was a leader. And chances are, if I put a crystal ball in, I'm pretty confident of where things are right now. I mean, that's real. I'm not going to just throw a crystal ball out. And that that's kind of how uh, how crazy things are i mean we can talk to i mean the the <laughs> the ohio state uh situation uh with dunn that was just a cornerback out of kentucky um that was just nuts because that flipped with he committed to oklahoma and within 30 minutes he flipped i mean Wilt fong and i both had it confirmed that's just how weird recruiting is have i ever seen that before Nope, but it did. It happened, and it was the weirdest night ever in recruiting. But and there's not much you can do about it. You just have to if you're in, if you're a fan of the school that kind of got the shaft on that end of the deal. And that that time it was Oklahoma. You just kind of move on because that's what the coaching staff's going to do. Are they pissed off? Yep, they're mad as hell. I'm sure. But if fans don't think these coaches aren't mad, they're mad. I mean, they're really mad behind the scenes. But they got to move on because they've got to still go after and try to create the best possible team they can. And that's just what's what Oklahoma's doing right now. And they're banking, putting a lot of eggs in this Caleb Williams basket. And if it doesn't pan out, that's going to be a big ouch. I'm not going to lie to you. And that's something that if uh, OU Insider people, if that does ever happen, don't kill me because I, I'm just repeating what I know, man. Just repeating what I know. Um, but if it did happen and uh, he did choose Oklahoma, what would that mean? What would that realistically mean for Oklahoma in this 2021 class and quite possibly be a, you know filtered down to 2022? Because whether you want to think about it or not, it's going to have some significant bearing on what happens in the 2022 class. Absolutely. This is going to be something that is going to cause problems. It's going to be, hey, you know, you got the number one overall quarterback in the 2021 class. So what's Quinn Ewers out of South Lake Carroll, the number two overall player in 2022 and the number one overall quarterback going to do? Because right now, Oklahoma leads for him as well. Does that make him scared? But I think what Riley's doing uh, is he is selling this, hey, Quinn, guess what? You come to Oklahoma, he's doing the same thing that, he does, that he's doing with Caleb. You come to OU, you may have to sit a year or two, but once you get that one chance, that one chance to play, I can make you a first-round draft pick. I can make you the number one overall. I've done it. 
twice. I've turned a guy that was undraftable to the second-round draft pick, and you're more skilled than he is throwing already. So I can do that for you. And that's probably, you know, I, I know for a fact that's the pitch. Um, our guy Colin Kennedy, he has sources, and that's exactly what he's being told. Is the pitch that Oklahoma's given Quinn Ewers, and it's it's working. It is working. Um, Texas is going to be a big problem here, I think, going forward. I think LSU could be a problem going forward. I think it's not a cut and dry deal. It never is in recruiting. So Oklahoma, uh, once you know say Caleb Williams does commit to Oklahoma, how was that used against Oklahoma with Quinn Ewers? That's 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 going to be a question that's going to be watched very closely as 2021 closes out and you roll over to this 2022 class. Now, how about 2021? What does that mean for Oklahoma with Caleb Williams? Well, he's got a lot of friends. And this dude has been putting his recruiting hat on, and some of the names out there that he's talked to, whether it's Dallas Turner, Bryce Langston, Mario Williams, uh, uh, Christian Leary, and I'm just naming four- and five-star guys right now on offense and defense, whether it's Jalil Farouk, four-star wide receiver out of the DMV, whether it's Malcolm Johnson, the probably the fastest player in the 2021 class out of the DMV area. He's a wide receiver, whether it's uh, Tommy... Uh, it can be soaked with uh, of the DMV, a four-star defensive lineman uh, who is actual, his head coach is good friends with Caleb's father. So, you know, there's a connection there uh, in Oklahoma. If, you know, Caleb was to commit to OU, would probably have a pretty good end with Tommy. It can be soaked. So that's something to watch going down right there. Um, how does it work with Bryce Foster? Uh, the Houston uh, area four-star, potential five-star offensive lineman. Uh, how does it work with Ruben Fathery, the potential four-star offensive lineman? I think he's a three-star right now, but the guy's a freak basketball player. He's got great feet, really good size. I think he could end up being a four-star offensive lineman, and, and obviously Oklahoma loves him. What if Oklahoma decides, you know what, we're going to take one more offensive lineman other than the three that we'd already have on campus, and I'm speaking as like Bill Bean, but what if he come in and say, you know what, we want to take um, this much, you know, and if you're Oklahoma and you look at it from that standpoint, I keep saying, I, I, like I'm talking as Bill Bean, both saying we, and then I talk as me going Oklahoma. <laughs> I got to just talk in my person because I know it's probably confusing. Um, if you're Oklahoma, you go out and you say, you know what, look, let's give it a shot with Tristan Lee. You know, uh, he's already done the virtual visit and apparently liked it a lot. So why not? Why not try to see if Caleb Williams can uh, get him on board? Because he's from Virginia. Caleb's from Maryland. There's not a lot of distance between them. Um, this, is, this is the type of stuff you've got to really look into and see how it would all play out because there's – uh, there's a lot of things that are up in the air. And I, uh, look, you got Nathan Rollins, Kabanje, who's a uh, Pacific Northwest four-star. Oklahoma leads with him. I know there's a crystal ball in for Arizona State, but everybody I've talked to, that doesn't seem to be the case. I don't know where that crystal ball came from. 
um, and there may be people having different sources um, than what myself, what Brandon Huff, what Greg Biggins and stuff, the people I've talked to, they've heard that have been covering it, but it seems like it would be Oklahoma, Miami, and then if Stanford was to offer, I think Stanford probably even jump up. I mean, they would jump up. They would jump over. If uh, I was literally told by a source, if if Nathan Rollins Kambanje, the four-star defensive lineman out of Oregon, uh, and there's a story why he Oregon's not pushing for him, and it's it's not that they don't they don't want him because they would love to have him, they just can't because his former head coach is now the director of play the player development at Oregon, uh, Don Johnson, which means that they can't recruit anybody from that high school for two years. It's just the NCAA rules. So their hands are tied. So that means that Oklahoma really kind of lucked into that, and uh, it's just one of those deals where they're doing a really good job recruiting. Jamar Cain's going after him and doing a really good job there. Um, it, so Stanford would be a problem if they offered. But right now it really does look like a source told me, hey, if he's going to stay in the Pac-12, it's going to be – He's either going to Stanford or he's going to continue his commitment with Washington State basketball and or football, and that's how it's going to be. Or if he leaves the Pac-12, it's going to be Oklahoma-Miami. And right now, people are kind of leaning Oklahoma. And they think Oklahoma has a legitimate shot with a long, lanky, athletic guy that they think they can talk into just being a football player. Uh, Look, that's the sourcing. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. So well, I guess we'll find out one of these days. Um, but like I said, this is Caleb Williams doing Caleb Williams things. I mean, you got Kendall Daniels from the state of Oklahoma who's become friends with Caleb Williams and talking about, you know, how where they're going to go, what they're going to do, all this stuff together. I, I, I find it fascinating. I really do. I find it fascinating how all these guys – seem to want to go play or potentially wants to go play where Caleb Williams is going to go play. And does it make sense? Yes. When you're the number one overall quarterback in the country, and this is what I've been told Oklahoma kind of sells defensive guys on right now. They're like, look, if you come to play at Oklahoma, you're going to get to play with the best quarterbacks. And that means you're never going to have to worry about the offense not producing. And so if you make a mistake, it's okay. The offense can pick up the slack. Uh, there's a, but at the same time, wouldn't it be cool if you played on a team where you're beating the living crap out of people uh, by throwing, you know, hanging half a hundred on them and, and only giving up 14 points, 15, 21, you know, 28 points a game. Wouldn't that be cool? And that's kind of what Oklahoma's trying to sell right now. I've been told that by a couple of people. That's that's their that's their pitch. Like, hey, we got really, uh, when say really good. It's a, the, basically I was told this is from a source. Said, uh, we got, and I'm just gonna say, oh, you got, um, because I'm like trying to talk as the source instead of myself here. They said, look, oh, you got so much better. Uh, you you look at the 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 jump from last year to this year, and it was huge, huge. So, I mean, that, that 
you look at what Grinch did in one year, and Oklahoma did <laughs> something pretty crazy when you go from 110 overall to, what, 35th, 34th, something like that. I mean, that's a significant jump. That's year one. So now they have the production to go off of. They have the fact that, hey, uh, Oklahoma had a first-round draft pick at linebacker. They had a third-round draft pick at uh, defensive line. They have uh, stuff that they weren't doing previously on the front seven before Grinch got there now. Is it a coincidence? Some people are going to say yes. I'm going to say no because I think Brian Odom has done a really good job developing Kenneth Murray, and I think that, you know, Calvin Thibodeau did a f- you know, fairly significant job um, with the one-gap system getting uh, Gallimore uh, where he stops doing this read-react thing and, you know, uses his athleticism and his four six four seven speed to shoot the gap. And it's going to work out pretty well sitting next to uh, Gerald McCoy with the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's going to be a pretty cool tandem in the middle, and I'm not even a Dallas Cowboys fan. So I – that that's kind of where things are at, and I think uh, there's going to be some shocking things that happen uh, between what people follow and where they follow Caleb. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Now, if if he does choose Oklahoma, I expect Oklahoma to have a you know top four, tops between top four, top seven class. I've been saying that all the time. I know you're tired of that. Um, <coughs> moving on from Caleb Williams talk. And we're going to cover the rest of this stuff fairly quickly because we're rolling over into this hour right now. And, uh, you know, Danny Stutzman, uh, Winter Park, or sorry, Winter Garden, uh, Florida, in the Orlando area, he is going to announce his commitment this week. Maybe it's already announced by the time this happened. But right now I think it's Oklahoma. And, look, I think that's a great evaluation by Oklahoma. I think it's more than a great evaluation by Oklahoma. I think it's a phenomenal evaluation by Brian Odom. And the reason I say this is when you watch his film, you look at his length, you look at his speed, his athleticism, the way he moves sideline to sideline, and when he hits you, you go down. And tackling in space in this day and age is is key. It is crucial to be able to tackle in space and not, you know, overrun the play, not, you know, uh, get juked out of your shorts, and instead of it being a uh, five-yard gain, it's 88 and out the gate. I mean, that, that, that's that been Oklahoma's Achilles heel up until this past year. And tackling got a lot better because it was an effort thing, according to Grinch. And he said, look, the tackling's effort. Effort showed on the field. If they're not tackling well, there's a lack of effort. I think you could see that that being hand in hand, right? I, I don't know. I, I might I might agree with that a little bit. Um, but so this Danny Stutzman, uh, we haven't listened as a tight end on two four seven sports, and he's a linebacker, uh, and everybody's offering him at linebacker. He is going to be a very very good linebacker at the next level. His instincts are next level. And you see that when you watch his film, how if something's, you know, if he's in the middle and and there's a lot of junk going around and a lot of misdirection and stuff, it doesn't look like he ever, his eyes ever get tricked. 
it's almost like he understands his keys, he follows his fundamentals, and he stays true to the scheme. And when you do that with a guy that has instincts, you're going to be a really good player. And that's the I, I believe that's where, and I would have to get this from Teddy Lehman and maybe Rocky Kalmus and Torrance Marshall and even, you know, Kenneth Murray to an extent in the latter year, last year at Oklahoma. Like, I think that's the most crucial part of being a middle linebacker is not getting tricked, not letting your eyes get deceived, um, and, and getting lost in the trash and all that stuff. And he does a really good job sifting through all that, moving sideline to sideline, laterally, um, filling uh, the lanes upfield. Uh, he, he does a really good job, and he doesn't get fooled in passing. He's, he's pretty good dropping back into zone and finding and reading the quarterback's eyes. So this is this would be a really good pickup for Oklahoma. And to top it off, I talked to him uh, this past week for a little bit, and he was he's really bright. Uh, he talked about how Oklahoma was the most professional and organized and unique um, virtual visit. It was personalized. So everything that they did was personal. They had these old cars because he's really into old cars. And I think that was kind of the deal because after that virtual visit, within 24 hours, you have uh, I'm making a decision. And he tells me he's trying to make a a uh, video this weekend. He's trying to drop it today, which would be Monday. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know if it happened. If it did, that's a huge pickup for Oklahoma. And I love the get. I love the get for OU. Um, finally, let's close out with the stir that kind of got people arguing a little bit on Twitter, which I don't understand, but whatever. Justin Harrington uh, texted me the other day. He's like, hey, you know, we've been talking about doing an interview. Would you like to do one on Saturday and just kind of get a story up? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, great. Let's do that. And the funny thing is, is Bryce Langston had texted me something similar <laughs> the night before. So I'm I wake up and I'm dialing stuff to call Justin Harrington back. And I was like, hey man, is Bryce Bryce Langston there? He goes, Nah, this is uh this is Justin, dude. And I was like, Oh, I got the wrong number, my bad. And then I realized I was like, dude, I set <laughs> the interview up with Justin and not Bryce. I never finished setting it up with Bryce. And so I, I, in my mind, it was a weird deal. I just, total brain lapse on my part. So I had to call him back. He's like, dude, I was like, man, I was up late. And I woke up and I was like, crap, I got to call you. So I did. And it, it was a weird deal. He, he just started laughing. Anyways, so we're talking on the phone. And he says, you, I, I, I'm, I'm at 220 pounds right now. And I said, are you 6'3"? And this is after we talked about, you know, uh, is he going to make it in? Which he said, yes. He goes, I just got a couple of things I got to finish up this next month. I should be really good to go. So I, if, if I'm an Oklahoma fan. I'm pretty excited because you would have to think, if, I mean, literally you guys should be excited because if he does make it in, which it sounds like he's going to, you're going to have a guy that is 6'3", 220 pounds and moves like Isaiah Simmons. Now, is he the type, is he, is he Isaiah Simmons? When I say moves like and plays like Isaiah Sims, I'm talking skill set. 
it's one thing to have the skill set. It's another thing to perform to that skill set and to that level. And that's lofty expectations, I know, but you have that potential is what I'm trying to say. Now, the deal with him as far as just getting um, on campus, that's one thing. The fact that he goes, you know, I talked to Coach Manning this past week. He goes, it was always up in the air. Now, I know we've talked a little bit about the potential for him at corner on OU Insider, but it was never, it was always like, I think he's going to be nickel, right? I'll readily admit, I was wrong on that. Because if he is a corner, (laughs) 6'3", 220-pound corner, outside corner is, that's something OU fans have not seen on defense in a long, I think, Chijoke Onigitsha. I'm trying to think. There's a couple other guys that were fairly long and athletic that Oklahoma had that were pretty good players back in the day. Um, but look, this, this, he said, I'm a corner. I'm now some corner. That's what I played. I played safety to help out my Juco, but I'm a corner. Uh, that's what I want to play. That's so uh, Coach Manning and I discussed it this past week. Says I'm going to be in the cornerback uh, room as far as doing the zooms and stuff like that when I'm able to do that. So once I get cleared up and I'm able to do all that, that's where I'm going to be. And I said, excuse me, you're 6'3", 220. You're going to be an outside corner? He's like, yeah. And my dad clocked me at 4'3", four, 4'3", four, three, three, and 4'3", February. He goes, my dad's a former Olympian. My mom's a former track star at uh, uh, Fresno State. Now, when I say a former Olympian, he ran. He was one race away in the hurdles, fell, uh, didn't qualify for the 96 Olympics in the, in the championship or qualifying race, which is unfortunate. And he says, I use that as motivation. I want to make my dad proud. And his dad has trained him on speed. He goes, these guys that run these four threes and stuff in the combine, they're not true four three guys. He goes, they're trained four three guys. He goes, I'm a natural four three guy, four four guy. He goes, if I wanted to, my dad says I could run a four two if I trained. And I did it because I'm well versed on how to run because of my parents. And I could believe that, but at two hundred and twenty pounds, like my goodness, I, if he has flexible hips. And he's able to use his hands properly, his footwork. Uh, he doesn't get caught with his eyes looking downfield and actually trying to locate the ball. Um, he could be a problem. He's a guy you could say, you know what, we're going to line him up 90% of the time at outside corner, but if there's a big tight end in the slot, you can have Jaden Davis or somebody else go out the corner, Trey Norwood, and swap him over the nickel and just line him up over the big tight end and just completely erase that option. I mean, that that is a weapon, man. That's a weapon. I, I, I As somebody that loves defensive backs because that's something that I played uh, during my time, uh, I, I love defensive back play. I like wide receiver and I like defensive back play. That's my... Where I feel comfortable watching, it's what I know. And if he can do those things and you can completely – you've got some things. Oklahoma has got plenty of stuff now as far as depth and talent to where they have options. 
it may be young, but it's talent. It's length and it's talent and it's fast. And that's something that couldn't be said last year. No, they they had talent, but depth, no. There wasn't depth. And that was more than evident in the playoffs. More than evident. Um, it wasn't the t- type of depth that you would say was, you know, the best, if you will. You know, DTY goes down, all conference safety, and it was the nastiest thing I've ever seen trying to cover Justin Jefferson. And I feel bad for the person trying to do that because great kid, great player. Uh, wasn't a great player, but a great he was a really good player coming out of high school. Uh, and to see that happen to him and the confidence that can – it can be debilitating, and it's hard to come back from something like that. Now, I think that person can come back because they are a confident human being. I don't know that they will, but I, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out, if or if that's held against them, you know, going forward from here on out. I don't know how. I don't know. I think Oklahoma fans have held Buki's freshman year against him and completely glossed over the fact that he made three or four of the biggest plays of the twenty nine or twenty nineteen season for him defensively and they still don't they don't give a damn and so i don't know i mean oklahoma fans are crazy y'all cray cray so um anyways uh i guess that's gonna do it for me i hope y'all enjoyed this initial podcast um and it will get more ironed out um i'm gonna have more interviews we're gonna talk a little bit more uh and i may extend the length a little bit longer maybe the hour and a half maybe at some point we'll see but i'm gonna do more of this uh ou insider and 247 sports under the visor podcast so um if you want to get on to ouinsider.com which is just growing in leaps and bounds and it's all thanks to you ou fans uh i can't we can't thank you enough um we have exploded i think we had 230 new members plus last month sign up um Gosh, you guys are amazing. You guys are awesome. And our board is fun. There's so much traffic going on. Everybody's talking all the time. Uh, there's lots of information between myself, Colin Kennedy, RJ Young, Joey Helmer. It's $1 for the first month if you go month to month. Or you can get the 30% off and get um, $120 value for 75 bucks right now. Uh, so you can go and do that. I mean... It's worth it because it's Caleb Kelly's or Caleb Williams stuff. I'm not I, that that interview. We talked off air too, and so there's going to be more VIP information than there is on this podcast, and that's just the reality of it. That's how this has to work. But so I do hope you all enjoy it. I do hope you uh, like how this went, and that you continue to listen. Please li- like rate subscribe rate all that stuff that you've got to do on itunes or whatever platform that you listen to this podcast on uh so that's going to do it for me i want to thank caleb williams for coming on here doing that interview that was a long interview for somebody that has a lot of stuff he's got going on uh on this sunday night y'all are listening to this on a monday maybe tuesday maybe even a wednesday depending on the day that you listen but I want to thank him for coming on. I want to thank uh, everybody for listening. And 
go subscribe and tune in to OUinsider.com and 247sports for the latest on all things Oklahoma human recruiting news. Y'all have a blessed night.